All right. Uh, Josh Gardner, our minister to students, will be uh, wrapping up our series in generous worship today. And our text today is going to be out of Acts chapter 2, verses t- uh, 42 through 47. Um, pull out your Bibles if you got it or your Bible app. If you don't have a Bible or you forgot one at home, uh, there's a Bible underneath the seat in front of you. You can grab that. And we're going to be on page 857 in that Bible. And hey, if you don't have a Bible at home, That is your Bible. We want you to take that home. That's our gift to you. Grab a pen, write your name in it. We would love for those to walk out the door. Here at Flourishing Grace, we believe that this is the word of God and that we, as we surrender ourselves to Jesus, we submit ourselves to his word. And so out of reverence for this word, would you please stand with me as I read from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It says this, And they, meaning the disciples, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. You may have a seat. Thanks, Benjer. All right. Good morning. How are we doing? Good? All right. I always forget I shouldn't ask questions because, you know, people don't like to talk, so that's okay. Uh, I'm glad you guys are here. You guys are different than students. Students like to talk a lot about random stuff while I'm, ta- while I'm teaching, so uh, that's always fun. Um, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm uh, all that being said, I'm really happy to be here with you this morning um, going through this passage. This passage is one of my favorite passages. Um, uh, <laughs> I guess it's hard to pick, but it's one of my favorite passages um, in Scripture uh, because we, uh, we really just see God doing this amazing thing in, in the church early on. Um, and uh, I'm excited to kind of finish up this series because we aren't this morning talking specifically about money um, in worship. Um, we're talking about a couple other things. Today we're going to talk about our time. We're going to talk about uh, the, our abilities and th- other things that God has given us to steward and, and where we can actually worship him. Um, and over the last couple of weeks, if you've been with us, if you, if you haven't, I'm glad you're here. Uh, man, I would say go back and, and listen to the last uh, three sermons. Uh, it's been a great series. Um, but in this series, we've been talking about how do we uh, turn ourselves uh, to be generous worshipers of God. Um, and the reality is we have to look at where we spend our money. And the reason for that is because Jesus talks about money um, almost, uh, it's the second most uh, topic that he talks about, the top being the kingdom of God uh, is what he talks about the most, um, but then he talks about money. And the reason he talks about money is because money is a very easy indicator for us of uh, what we worship. Um, If we follow our money, if we follow what we spend our money on, what we value and and give our money towards, it's easy to see uh, what we worship. And so we've been spending this series really just kind of sobering up a little and asking ourselves some questions of, does my... Uh, does how I spend my money or how I hold my money tightly or what I value enough to give towards, does that show that I worship God or worship something else? Um, and this morning, we're kind of just going to continue that. Um, 
But um, as we kind of move away from money, it's going to feel a little bit like a left turn. Um, and I don't want it to feel that way. So what I want to do is just read a couple of points and quotes from the past couple sermons that, that apply to what we're talking about today. Maybe some of these will jar your memory as you've back. Maybe it's something that you know, Josh said that the Spirit just kind of really laid on your heart. Maybe not. But my hope is as I kind of read through these things, you would know in this that all the things we talked about apply uh, to what we're talking about um, today. Where there's generous worship, there is a declaration of worth something we've said. Um, In the world, you can overvalue anything in your life, and no one will bat an eye until the thing you overvalue is God. True worship says there is no cost that is too high to follow Jesus. Wherever there is generous worship, there is evidence of praise. Like I said, I wanted to read a couple of these because these go deeper than just how we spend our money and how we think about money. They go into our lives as a whole. Like I said, money is something that's easy for us to um, kind of track in worship. But today, as we talk about time uh, and we talk about uh, our abilities, they're a little bit harder to track. But I think we can, we can ask ourselves some questions and, and think through how do we spend our time and does it show that we worship God or not? Um, before this series, uh, you might have um, thought about worship in a different way. Um, I, I hope that maybe how we've talked about worship in this series has shifted your, your thinking. But when you think about worship, I ask student, students this all the time. Uh, when you think about worship, what do you think about? And they always say singing. That's like the number one thing, right? Singing. Uh, worship. Uh, we worship God through singing, which is true, right? Um, and, uh, but what we end up doing a lot of times is we kind of pigeonhole worship into this thing that we do on Sunday mornings, where we come to this house of worship, maybe is what you'd say. Uh, we come in, some churches even call this room the worship center, is like a thing, <laughs> that's, uh, and that's not a bad thing, but we come in and we kind of worship in this moment on a Sunday, and then we go out from here. Um, and we do, we do worship in this place, Right? Like singing songs, worship, all of this is worship, what we're doing. But our worship should not be and is not confined to this time. It's not confined to just when we are here. Um, And we see this, we see this in this passage in Acts. Um, Yeah, and so as we read, I want us to think about, Jesus said, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, And if we follow um, really where the heart of the early church is here, we will see that their heart was all about Jesus, all about worshiping him. So um, I want to point out a couple things in this passage that I hope will be helpful to us as we want to and desire to be just people of generous worship. So the first thing we see here is that worship through devotion, or worship through devotion of time. We worship through devotion of time. This is how, this is one way in which we worship. Um, Acts 2, 42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and prayers, and awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were uh, together and had all things in common. Uh, We have to remember the context of what's going on here. Uh, in Acts, right? Jesus had just been crucified, raised from the dead. He, he meets with the disciples and hundreds of other people, and 
um, he's basically uh, telling them what's about to happen. The Holy Spirit is going to come. That there's all these things that that are going to happen. Um, and he's telling them what to do. He's saying, "Go and make disciples." He's saying, "Go and be my witness um, of all of these things. Go into the world." And then he ascends into heaven. And then they wait for a little bit, and the Holy Spirit, right, tongues of fire, comes down, um, and and they speak in languages that they do not know to other people. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells in them, and, and he saves thousands of people. Like, people are coming to know Jesus left and right. But there's also a group of people who we'll see later in Acts who are all about destroying this church. They're about destroying. They, they do not want Jesus. They don't want the church to grow or to spread at all, and so they're persecuting them. And this is the situation that they are in. And then we see this as the first kind of thing that the church is doing. That they are devoting their time to the things that, God, that Jesus said were things that were good. Things that were part of the kingdom of God. Right? They were devoting their time to it. And when we think about devotion, we think about um, a wholehearted commitment to something. Right? Um, wholeheartedly. So maybe you've had a test that's coming up that you have had to vote extra time to make sure that you were ready for. Or maybe um, you had a new job that you were in that you had to devote time. You had to make sure it was intentional. There was time here to make sure that you knew what you were doing in that job uh, so you didn't get fired right off the bat, okay? <laughs> or maybe you, uh, when you became a parent for the first time, you had to devote time to realize that your life is completely different now and you have to change everything you're doing uh, to be able to parent well um, in this. And when we think about devotion, devotion also implies that if we devote our time to this, then we don't have time for that. Right? We all understand that we have a finite amount of time. Um, we don't like to think about that but we do, like even in our day, like even in a non-morbid way, in our day, we don't have unlimited amount of time. Um, how many of you have ever gotten to the end of your day and thought, I did not get everything done that I wanted to get done? Anybody? Yeah, all of us. Yeah, um, this happens all the time. Um, and so when we devote our time to something, it means that it's valuable. It means that we are putting value on that thing. Whether we think about it that way or not, we are. And Here's what the church is doing here. This is what I love. Is that they're devoting their sel themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, breaking bread, prayer. And then we see that God does all these things in them through this. So as they devote themselves, like they're devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. They went to the apostles, the disciples who were with Jesus, and they, they said, teach us everything that Jesus told you. You spent three years with him. Like, spend time with us. We want to know our Savior. We want to know what he said. We want to know what to do next. We want to know the presence of Jesus. So they spent time with him. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to being together as the church. And when we think about fellowship, sometimes we think about, like, hanging out. Like, I remember when I was a kid growing up, we would do every third Sunday, we'd do, like, fellowship dinner. Anybody do that? Is that a thing? No? Okay, just me. Cool. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, one back there. Yeah, where it was just, it was a dinner. It was hanging out, right? It was a good time. Uh, and we think about that. But fellowship really means like a oneness. And we see this in this passage. Like they were one unified together, right? They were, they were keeping each other accountable. They were pointing each other towards Jesus. They were, they were being the church. They were 
They were together, fellowshipping together. They devoted themselves to breaking bread. Like, not just meals together, but they were actually doing what we just did in communion, where they were remembering what Jesus had told them. Right? Remembering his body, remembering his blood, remembering the new covenant, remembering, remembering what Jesus had just done because it was the cornerstone of everything that they were doing. And then prayer, they devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to being dependent on God in everything that they did, right? They devoted themselves to being dependent on God. And like I said before, these are all things, if we look through the gospels, these are all just things that Jesus talked about over and over again as part of the kingdom of God. And so they were simply just devoting their time to what Jesus said was highest. If you remember, if you were here last week, Josh talked about uh, the game of, or the, the game show, The Price is Right. He talked about that game in the game show, or the whatever, you know what I'm talking about, higher or lower. Um, and he said, I loved this. We have to become people who are very good, like excellent at the game higher or lower in our lives. Right? We have to be able to accurately say that Jesus is higher than other things and, and then go forward with that. Not just say it, but actually take steps towards that. And this is what they were doing. These, the church early on was so good at saying that Jesus is higher than everything else. Everything else is lower than him. And so we see that in, in not only them devoting themselves to the things of the kingdom of God, but then what do we see after that? that they are now selling their possessions. They're giving to everyone who's in need. They're, they're just providing. They're, they're doing all these things. Why? Did church leaders tell them to do that? No. Did the apostles get up and say, you need to do that? No. They literally did that out of an outpouring of their worship. They were so, uh, they were so in love and so in awe, in awe of Jesus that they, they just gave everything away. They did whatever. They devoted themselves fully in their time to Jesus. And that's, that's a point I want to make kind of about our, our time and, and ask ourselves an honest question about our time. Like, for them, like, we look at this passage and we say, it's very clear who they worship, right? It's very clear. And, and for the people around them, like, it says that, that, that uh, tons of people uh, tons of people are coming to know Jesus, are being saved day by day, at the end of the passage. Um, and so people are seeing this, right? And so it's it, their lives and how they spent their time screamed that they worshiped Jesus. They worshiped him. And, and the question I have for us and for myself, for myself in this too, is if we honestly look at our time, does our time scream that we worship Jesus? Does it actually scream that we worship Jesus or does what we devote our time to, does what we devote ourselves to, does it scream of an, a false god? Does it scream of an idol that we are worshiping? And this is really difficult because when we talked about money, you might have been in different spots. For some of us, it was easy to say, uh, yeah, God, you have my money. Like, take it. It's yours. I don't need it. You, like, I, like you, I, want, I want to give that over to you. Some, some of us, it was, it was hard to say, oh, like, I don't know, like, I earn this, I do this, like, and, and you had to do a lot of work, and the Holy Spirit had to work in you. But for some of us, we, we give money, and we give that, and then we kind of assume in that that our time is ours, and, like, we protect it a little bit more. And it's a little bit harder to see that God has given us the time that we have to steward 
uh, for his good and that we can actually worship with it. So I, I want us to start thinking through and, and changing our mindset to that is, can we worship God uh, in our time? And the answer is yes. Some, some ways that we can kind of look at our lives and be honest and see uh, what we're worshiping um, is uh, like just a couple things. These aren't all of them. This is not exhaustive. But I think about this. When uh, does your screen time, uh, does your screen time show what you worship? The average screen time for an adult in the United States of America is seven hours, uh, which does not include work. So people aren't working, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> but, but like, and whether or not, I'm not saying if it's above seven, you're in trouble, and if you're below seven, you're good. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but what I'm saying is, like, let's just be honest. Let's look. Does, does the time that we spend, are we spending, like, just crazy amounts of time scrolling through uh, social media, and, and maybe it's to numb ourselves from uh, what's going on in our lives or whatever, or, or is it, um, is it we're, we're trying to strive after being a certain way or, or looking a certain way online, and so we're spending all this time on there. Do we put just in, in uh, just a ridiculous amount of time into our work? And I'm not saying not to work hard. That's not what I'm saying at all. God wants us to work hard at what we're doing. But the question is, in that time, is the time that we work, is it we are going to work extra, extra hard to climb the ladder of success to make my name known or to make myself money or to do these things? Or is our time at work a time where we say, God, this time is yours. Like, first, I'm a Christian. Second, I'm an engineer or a teacher or an accountant or whatever you are. Or is your time at work work? Jesus, you can have other time. My time at work is just work. That's a good question. Do we spend so much time on our hobbies and just things that we like to do uh, without any, any regard to what God is doing? Um, where we start to ignore maybe our families or ignore what God um, has for us in our, in our neighborhoods or in, in our places that he has put us. These are just a couple questions, but we need to start asking ourselves these questions. Is Man, does my time show that I worship God? Does it scream that I worship Jesus? Or does it scream that I worship something else? And like I said, this is really difficult. This is really difficult. Because it's easy for us to waste small amounts of time or use small amounts of time that end up stacking up over a long period of time. If you've ever done those studies of like, or if you ever looked up like how long you'll sit at a traffic light, has anybody done that? Like if you, if you spend like 60 years driving, how long you'll spend at a traffic light? It's like three weeks or something like that, which is absurd, okay? But if you spend like five to six hours on your phone a day, it's like 19 years on your phone by the time you're 80. Like there, there's things like that where like that hurts, like, and, but we just need to start thinking through these things because we kind of almost accidentally jump into worshiping other things and giving our time over to other things. And, and the reality is, guys, we live in a world where the enemy, um, the enemy does, uh, the enemy wants our lives to declare anything but a life full of worship to Jesus, right? If you're in Christ this morning, like if you are in Christ, you have believed in Jesus Right? He has brought you from death to life by his blood. He has secured you. He has made you his own. He, he, um, 
there's nothing the enemy can do to snatch you away from him. But the enemy will do everything to distract us. He will do everything to keep us away from worshiping God every day. Um, Paul says in Romans 12, I, I appeal to you, brothers, or therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing, the renewal of your minds, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The defaults of our world is that we are us, is that we will be conformed by the world around us. Um, we will be shifted. I say this to students all the time, uh, that something is discipling you. you just, sometimes you don't know what it is, but something is always discipling you. Uh, there's never a time where you aren't being shaped and molded by something. And the defaults is we are going to be shaped and molded and conformed to the world. And so we have to actively devote our time to Jesus. We have to actively be shaped by Jesus or the world will conform us. Right? And so we have to devote our time. And so the question I have, as we've kind of talked about um, with money, is are we, are we giving our first and best of our time to God? Or are we giving our time as an afterthought? Um, are we giving kind of our sleepiest time? Are we giving our, you know, last-ditch effort time to God? And, I, and I'm not just purely talking about spending. I think sometimes when we think about this, we think about just spending time sitting in God's word. And yes, I'm talking about that too, but also talking about, like, dedicating our time as we go throughout our day. Are we declaring in moments, God, as I, as I walk into this uh, soccer game for my kids, that this time is yours and whatever you have for me, I'm asking you to move, that conversations would happen, that, that you would be glorified in, in this, which is a, it's, that's a hard change to make because that feels weird. But are we doing that? Are we giving? Are we saying, God, you have my best and my first. You have me first, and everything else has me second. The second thing we see in this passage in another way that we worship is that we worship through stewarding our abilities. Um, and in this, we... Like, I'm talking about our abilities, like, the things that, we, um, that we're good at, but also our abilities in the sense of the things that we are able to do. And let me explain that because it's a little confusing. But in Acts 2, 45, if you have your Bible open, you can turn there. Uh, it says, and all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. What they were doing in that time, the early church was... Was, was looking at their situation and going, okay, I, like I have the ability right now to just sell everything and do what God, what God is doing right now. I have the ability to just sell in this time. I have the ability to step into what God is doing right now, or I can hold back. And we actually see a story of some people who hold back later and what happens. I don't have time to talk about that, um, but you keep reading in Acts and you'll see that. But, but, um, but in this, the church said, we, we recognize, God, that you have placed us in this time, in this place, for this season. And we talk about this at Flourishing Grace all the time, that God did not mistakenly bring you here. Like, this is not a mistake. This, this, the uh, city that you live in, the home that you are in, the, the teams that your kids are on, the school that they're in, the job that you have, 
the, the, the coffee shop that you go to regularly, these are all not things that, um, that are by mistake. And, and we have in this time the ability to, to either use those things to glorify God and to step into and say, God, you have this time, or we can hold it for ourselves. Not only that, but God gives us different abilities and bents. Some of you are, are really good at encouraging people. I've experienced that from you. Uh, some of you are really good at systems and like thinking through logistics and things like that. Some are good at fixing things like cars and toilets and stuff like that. Um, but like there's all these other, like so many, we could talk about our abilities and the things that we are good at all day. And the question is, are we taking those things too and saying, God, you have these or are we using them for ourselves? First Peter 4 says this, uh, the end of all things is a hand, therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since, uh, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by strength, uh, by the strength that God provides, in order that in everything, in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Here we see Peter say this, a good, be a good steward of God's varied grace. And then he talks about these different things that people are gifted with. Do we think about our abilities and the things that we have in that way too as gifts that God has given us to steward? It's easy, again, for us to think about that with money, but it's harder for us to think about that with our time and with our abilities. Um, there's a, a, an amazing book, if you haven't read it. Or has anybody read the book, Something Needs to Change by David Platt? Anybody in this room? Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, a couple of you. No one in the first, by the way, so good job. Come get a candy from me after. Uh, just kidding. Um, yeah, they, uh, this is an amazing book. If you're taking notes, write it down. Uh, David Platt, he's a pastor and lots of other things. Uh, but he, um, he has this amazing heart for unreached people groups. And, and when I say unreached, he has uh, a heart for the most unreached people groups. This, this book is all about um, how he backpacked through the Himalayas to get to these unreached people groups that they were serving. Um, and when I say backpack, it's like plane, 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 helicopter, helicopter, backpack for five days, and then you're there. Like the most unreached people in, in the Himalayas. And he said he got up there to one of these villages, and there's a guy, there's, there's people working and pe people sharing the gospel already up there, but there's one guy um, who's up there who uh, is uh, from somewhere in the south of the United States, probably Texas, um, uh, from the south, and he is a... Uh, he, is a, he has a degree in agricultural engineering. And he said right after college, he went on this backpacking trip with his friends just for fun, Himalayas. And he got up there and he saw the poverty. He saw that there was such need that 
uh, families were unknowingly selling their daughters into sex trafficking. And he couldn't finish the backpacking trip. He had to, he had to leave. Because in that moment, he realized, I, I think God has brought me on this fun backpacking trip on purpose to show me this so I can be a part of what he's doing here. And so this guy, create, it's a creative story. He comes up with, and those of you who know anything about this are going to make fun of me because I'm going to butcher it, but essentially he figures out how to create these systems of like, there's like trout farming that like filters into like vegetation and the like, the whole point of the story is about trout poop. It's very interesting and like how it feeds all this stuff and it's like this ecosystem and he figures out how to make these ecosystems accessible to the people up there without having to bring resources with them. So he goes back and him and his wife, literally that's what they do. As they go to these villages, he trains up these people to make these and to teach other people how to do it. He's like, we're not keeping this for ourselves. Like, you're going to tell everyone. And then he spends, it takes like weeks to teach them how to do this. So he, as he's doing that, he shares the gospel with them. And people are coming to know Jesus from this. Um, and like, to me, that's just like an amazing creative story of, of, of how he said, let me take an ability that I have to think this way and let me use it for the kingdom of God. Now, that's an extreme, okay? Not all of us are going to be doing that, but if we started to think like him, where we said, man, how can I steward, how can I use my abilities for the kingdom of God in worship? Where it's not, I need to do these things, it's, no, God, you have given me everything, and so you have everything. You have everything. You have everything that I own, everything that I am is yours. And that leads me to my last point that we see here is that we cannot compartmentalize true worship. We cannot compartmentalize true worship. I tried to think of a smaller word, you guys, but I couldn't, okay? So we, but we can't. We can't compartmentalize. We cannot, um, really it's this, we cannot separate in our lives the sacred from the secular. Um, Acts 2.46 says this, and day by day, Attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. It says day by day twice in here, and I love this because um, they weren't just doing this on a set day of the week. Um, they were attending the temple. They were getting together. Um, but it was happening. They were worshiping God in their homes. Uh, it says that their worship was so... Uh, like their way of living was so uh, visible to the people around them that they had favor with all people. Like that people around them saw that they were different. And they were probably confused. What is going on here? And I love this, that the early church was this visible community where people from the outside saw that they were different. They saw that because of who they worshiped, that they lived lives that were different. Again, not just in buildings, behind walls, but everywhere they went. Colossians 3 says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Um, Paul says in everything we do, in everything we do, we do it for the Lord in everything we do, we do it as an offering of worship to God. And so as we've been kind of going through this series, I've been thinking about this for a while. So what would it look like 
if not just our money, but our time and our ability and our very selves, we offer the first and best of all of it to God. What would that look like? Like, what, what would God do in Davis County? Like, wh- what amazing things could happen among that? But not just that. Not just that. Not just what would happen, but also that it would be worth it. Because, like I said at the beginning, that game of high or low, um, in the end, we will know what is most high. When I was a kid, my dad would say this all the time. Uh, he would say, I know that um, when I stand before God, when I stand before Jesus, in that moment, um, I'm going to realize how much of my life um, I, I just cared about dumb things. I gave myself to things that do not matter, that are dust. And he's, he always talks about how it would be an extremely joyful time because meeting Jesus and being with Jesus, but it also be a sorrowful time of, of, of a regret of some of his life. And, and that's my hope for us is that, that, that we wouldn't have that, that we would say, God, um, and we probably will regardless, but that we would live lives saying, God, everything I have and everything I am and every, every part of my life, where you put me, my abilities, my time, it's yours. And we do it out of a heart of worship, a heart of knowing who our Savior is. So as we go, um, as we go, my hope for us is that this week we would do a little bit of introspection, um, that we look at our time. My, my encouragement to you is this week, tonight even, tomorrow night, the night after, write it down, write, how, how did I spend my time? Was my time really worshipful towards God or was it for myself or was it worshiping something else? Um, was, were my abilities used for me and my gain or were they used for the Lord? Did I give God my first fruits of everything that I am or not? And not to beat yourself up, it's not the point. But the point is to just be honest with ourselves and know that Jesus covers it. He's, he says, yeah, I'm, I'm sanctifying you. I, I wanna bring you along for this. I wanna make you more like Jesus, so come on. And that the Holy Spirit would move in us and transform us into a community that is generously worshiping, that we would be a church of generous worship. You pray for us. God, I thank you for, I thank you, Jesus, that you were the most generous, laying down your life for us. Undeserving, we were undeserving. God, you did. You brought us from darkness into light. God, I pray by your spirit, would you move in our hearts to to see that you, your kingdom, is the, the pearl of great price. It is the treasure that's in the field that is worth selling everything for. Jesus, it's worth because our hearts are stubborn and